The big question is this. How does a beauty professional who is amazing at their service actually charge what they're worth and avoid attracting clients that are a pain in the butt? How do they become the go-to expert in their space and get their creativity and ideas shared with others so they can build their following without being stuck behind the chair or in their salon? Those are the questions and this podcast has the answers. My name is Jordan. And I'm Katie and welcome to the Real Beauty Bosses podcast. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to Real Beauty Bosses. This is Jordan, and today I'm going to be talking with Donna Ferrante. She's a highly successful author, life coach, and retail expert. She has over 40 years of experience in the beauty industry, and she has an incredible amount of knowledge and skills that she is planning on sharing with you guys today. And so I'm super excited for you guys to kind of hear uh, how she's been able to, you know, stay passionate, stay driven, and you know, avoid the burnout with 40 years of experience. She's still uh, incredibly motivated and driven, and she has a ton of value to offer to you guys. So uh, let's go. Ahead ahead and jump right into this interview and I'm super excited to introduce Donna Ferrante. All right guys, welcome to Real Beauty Bosses. Today I have an awesome individual here. Her name is Donna Um, and uh, basically you have been in the beauty industry for about 40 years, correct? Um, And you are a author, a blogger, you're now a YouTuber um, and uh, also you've been in uh, the beauty industry in retail for um, that 40 years you said that's awesome yeah, um so forever. maybe yeah, <laughs> that's that's a long time so i'm sure you have a lot of wisdom to share with us at least kind of you know give a picture of how things um you know were uh, a long time ago and how they are now and you know what you're doing to kind of um find your own you know little way uh to to keep expanding you know even though you've been um you know in the industry for so long like how, how do you ride those waves and continue to you know find your own route and, and share experiences is what i really wanted to um talk about today so uh, if you don't mind maybe uh give us a little background on uh kind of what got you started in the beauty industry in the first place and um maybe give us a shortcut to you know what brought you to where you're at now yeah well i have um 40 years really is a long time longer than you've been alive i think and, um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah i've, I've I think I was in the beauty industry at the best time, you know, the 80s and 90s, and the internet hadn't quite kicked in. It wasn't quite as difficult as it is now. But, you know, I've always been a girly girl. I've always been the person that wants to play with the makeup and, you know, all the sparkly stuff. As a Mm -hmm. little girl, I loved all that stuff. So um, it was sort of natural for me to grow up being interested in that type of thing, although that wasn't the direction I had taken with my education, with my jobs and things, you know, Mm -hmm. it was more on marketing. And I had, I reached a point in my life where I was very unhappy. I was in insurance, which is the most boring industry in the world. Everyone knows that. (laughs) Even people Mm -hmm. that have been in it their whole life say it's the most boring industry in the world. I mean, I I was in the uh, uh, financial um, industry as well, Um, uh, trying to be a financial advisor actually before I, I bet all in on myself. Um, and so I, I know it's, uh, <laughs> you know, there it, it's, you, you can make money in it, but it's like, I don't know, it, it takes a certain type of person. It, it wasn't for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Well, it's good that you recognize that at such a, it's such a age, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I reached a point, I think I was about 25, 26 ish. And I'm like, you know, I just, I've been doing this insurance marketing since I was, you know, right out of, right out of high school, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and I, um, it, Throughout college years and all that, I you know I always went to I went to school part time and I always say I did the twenty five year part time plan you know mm-hmm. and um but I you know I just said I got to do something else I'm just I I felt that I had gone pretty much as far as I could in that industry and more than that I felt like I had gone as far as I wanted to mm-hmm. in that industry there was just yeah. nothing else that was exciting to me about that so mm-hmm. I thought I don't know what to do I'm going to take a little break from it try to find something else and um, so I 
thought, where could I go? What, where, where do I enjoy being? Where do mm -hmm. I really have the most fun? Where do I enjoy myself? And I thought, Macy's, <laughs> Kaufman's, the department yeah. sacks, you know, the department stores. I love it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been in, I, you know, all the girls in our local, it was called Kaufman's at the time in Pittsburgh, which is where I'm from. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, all the girls in that store knew me. I was in there every patient, you know, <laughs> buying whatever I could afford to buy. You know? yeah. And, um, and, you know, they all knew me. And I started talking to them. I said, what, what's involved in working here? What's involved in having this job that you have that just seems so fun to me? Like, I, I feel like I've spent so much time with those girls that worked in those stores that I could stand behind the counter immediately and do what they do. Mm -hmm. you know? And I got little guides, little information from them. And mm -hmm. I just put my application in confidence and, you know, was hired. Oh, man, I think it was like, it's making like dollars an hour or something. It was like crazy. Mm -hmm. But it was a really long time ago. So, yeah. um, so I made no money, but I really loved it. I loved every minute of it. And I went to work for Estee Lauder at a really exciting time when Estee Lauder would offer their gift with purchase stuff. And she's the, Estee Lauder is the woman who started that whole concept of a gift with purchase. Mm -hmm. And um, she said, also said it was the biggest mistake she ever made in her, in her company. Yeah. Because she had trained people to only shop when you're giving them something for free. Mm -hmm. So that yeah. kind of kills your business, but whatever, that's yeah. a different issue. But, um, there's ways to and, and to not, you know, use like the power of free is big, but yeah. you can't like base your foundation of your business off of that, mm -hmm. right? So you have to uh, kind of know how to use it as a tool rather than, you know, the actual. Yeah. Um, and that's difficult for any, even now, oh, yeah. it's difficult because there are so many venues, there are so many different places to purchase mm -hmm. your products. Mm -hmm. If Kaufman's doesn't have a gift with purchase, Sacks well, <laughs> well, there's always yeah. another place to go, and people are people are very well educated now. They know that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But back in the day, you know, it was just fun. We had we had to put like ropes and stanchions up around the counter because mm -hmm. people would just line up around the building waiting to come in and buy their stuff and get their gift with purchase. And it was just man, the days flew. It was bam, 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 and so much fun. You know, mm -hmm. and um, so and I just I just really really loved that and that feeling is what kept me in the industry for so long that feeling mm -hmm. of excitement and what's the newness what's coming yeah. next? what's the mm -hmm. next product you know, what's, yeah. what's the summer collection gonna look like you know mm -hmm. so i stayed with estee lauder for about um i stayed with them for two years and then i went for went to work for chanel mm -hmm. because while i was working at estee lauder after i got on my feet and figured out what it was all about i was mm -hmm. buying chanel and selling estee lauder yeah and what, what <laughs> was your, kept doing what was your actual role um at estee lauder I was just a sales associate. I did nothing. I sold product. You know, I mean, I was, you know, I was the lowest level of, <laughs> of person because yeah. I was entry level. I was just starting out. That's interesting so, though. I mean, uh, just like real quick before um, you, you kind of uh, transfer into Chanel, like what, what's, um, was that like your first like sales associate position? Yes. Uh, yeah. Awesome. My first into retail at all. That's interesting. So what really um, excited you most about it? Was it like the actual, um, the products themselves and like seeing how things uh, came to be at the time? Or was it, um, did you enjoy the act of um, like getting it into the hands of people? Like what really like glued you to it? <laughs> I, I, you know, I loved the whole process. I loved mm -hmm. seeing the new stuff coming in. I loved the excitement of what's happening. I was mm -hmm. the crazy girl that really loved working at retail at Christmas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. everybody was like, oh, I never get to see my family. I'm I like, yeah, <laughs> if you want to, but you also got to come to work, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I just, I got really excited about all of that, the whole process. I wanted to show everybody all the new stuff. Yeah. Make sure they knew what, they knew what it was. Mm -hmm. And that's probably why you were, you know, so successful in that position. I think like 
that's the problem with people who, you know, struggle with like sales, quote unquote, and give sales a bad name. It's like um, the people who aren't like passionate about what they're doing or even like, you know, um, you, you have to be in the state where you want to share it with everyone and you want to help people um, rather than like, you know, just move products that you don't really aren't behind. Right. And so um, for anyone who may be watching this, who like, you know, maybe has, you know, products that they, um, you know, sell or distribute or have even created and are looking to, you know, distribute through, you know, online platforms. We have a lot of people who um, are, are doing that and looking to do that as well. Um, you know, it's so, so important. Um, and I think, you know, even from your own experience, like you have to really like, um, you have to be in that state where like, you, you, you love everything about, you know, what you're doing and the product and what, you know, the meaning of the product is. And, and, you know, the fact that like, you know, if I get this in your hands, it's not because I'm just looking for a paycheck it's because I know it's going to help you. Right. Right. Um, what I know this stuff can do for you and you need it. And you need absolutely. It. And what's funny is the older you get, the more um, confident you sound when you tend, the more confident you feel when you tell yeah. people. Like, you know, when I was 18 years, well, I wasn't new, I was 18. When I was 25, I was new. I knew I was new. I told everybody I was new. I didn't mm -hmm. keep that a secret from the customers yeah. and pretend like I knew everything, you mm -hmm. know. Um, but now that I'm older, I can say, wait, you need this. Just don't get this. You need this. Yeah. <laughs> they believe me because they know I've been around the block a time or two yeah. and I've, I've seen it all, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I did, I did love every second of it. Mm -hmm. what, what, what do you feel? Were you pretty successful at that point? Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was. Awesome. And, um, because, I think it was because of the passion that I had at the time that I didn't even know I had, you know, yeah. I, mean, I was just coming in and doing what I, I was keeping my job fun because mm -hmm. no matter what you're selling and no matter what you're doing, even insurance, after talking about insurance, um, you can find something to be passionate about in that business. In yeah. any business. Absolutely. You know, and if yeah. you can put your finger on that, figure out what that is and nurture those feelings and nurture that whole idea of what is it that I have to offer someone else, you can stay excited and you can stay passionate about it. And yeah. that, the whole cosmetics industry did that for me. Awesome. And when I went to Chanel, it was even more. I mean, it was a totally yeah. different clientele. Mm -hmm. you know, it's not like I could bring my Estee Lauder people over mm -hmm. to Chanel because, you know, Estee Lauder people had a certain price point in mind and that's what they were comfortable with. That was yeah. their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Chanel's a totally different animal. Mm -hmm. you could get at that time you could get a Estee Lauder eyeshadow for 10 bucks mm -hmm. you know, at that time Chanel eyeshadows were 40 really so different animal different customer yeah. it's a person with some money to spend who appreciates luxury and appreciates mm -hmm. high-end things which I had no experience with at all yeah. <laughs> but I learned real quick yeah you know, I mean, because and I'm very fortunate because the girl I was buying my Chanel from introduced me to all that high-end stuff that I yeah. had no experience with whatsoever mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, wow, this is even better than what I'm already. <laughs> this, is super yeah. cool. this is like exclusive and the yeah. whole story of Coco Chanel and the little interlocking C's, the logo. And stuff. I learned what that is all about, you know, that's awesome. So yeah. That was very, so, very so you exciting. shifted. Um, how many years had you been um, having that sales associate job before you went to uh, uh, Chanel? Lauder, I was, I was with for two years. It was just, two years. You know, okay. was my sort of entry level into that was the job that I took not knowing if it was something I was going to like, not knowing if it was something I was going to enjoy. I just wanted to try it out until I figured out what I wanted to be when I grow up. Yeah. Awesome. And so then, then uh, tell us about how you transitioned into Chanel and how that went. That was, that was awesome. I mean, I just, I had fun right from the start, you know, because mm -hmm. I found that if like we had, we've spoken about this, if you're excited about something, you can convey that excitement to somebody else. And, and yep. Passion and excitement is contagious. When you're around mm -hmm. someone like that. Of course, back then I didn't know it. <laughs> but yeah. I, that's what was 
make you be successful with Chanel, mm -hmm. a totally different clientele, because I was so excited about it. Yeah. Um, and telling the story of the company. Exactly. Because, yeah. Well, people like to hear about the culture, you know? Yeah. We can buy eyeshadows anywhere. We can buy lipsticks anywhere. Exactly. What, what makes this specific brand, it doesn't have to be Chanel, what's the story behind Elizabeth Arden? What's mm -hmm. the story behind Chanel? Yeah. You know, they want to feel like they're part of something because I think we're so, especially now, I mean, we're so oh, yeah. social media oriented and we're so, and that's a good thing too. I'm loving that, you know, but you know, people want to feel connected to something real. Absolutely. Everything is out yeah. there, you know, everything is mm -hmm. you know, over the internet and yeah. not, you can't really put your hands on it, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's so funny. I was actually just talking to, um, one of my, uh, my clients about this, like literally an hour before this, um, mm -hmm. about like, how like we're in a stage where um literally like everyone's probably seen almost everything there is to see as far as you know products and services and things like that like there's um you know still room for obviously innovations and new new things to come out but like really like what's going to set you aside from the other hundred or thousand or whatever people mm -hmm. in the marketplace no matter what you know um you're doing in in business or in life i mean uh what really is going to set you aside from anyone else's your ability to you know tell a story and your ability to really like give meaning behind uh yourself and and what you're doing or what you're selling and um like it's just that's how you can really you know create um you know abundance for yourself is defining and, and crafting the perfect um you know origin story of what got you to where you're at um and also like if you're selling a product the same thing goes for that too you know why is this product this price and why is it so um why, why would it solve your problem and why is it better than you know everything else out there um and you really have to have you know you have to be sold on your own product and you have to be sold on yourself to be able to influence anyone else to make a decision too right and yeah. so um that's awesome that you you like realize that that's what you were doing but you you didn't actually realize it uh, i didn't quite get it i didn't get it i mean mm -hmm. i look back now and i'm like yeah yeah that's what i was doing what i realized is the more excited i came across mm -hmm. the better the customers related to me that's the only yeah. thing i figured out when i was that age yeah. i didn't know why or any of the psychology behind it yeah and people 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 buy um and you know get that interest based on emotion so you have to like evoke that emotion out of them whether it is like you know being excited about it they'll match your excitement most of the time right um, you know, some people may be like, why is she so excited? But, uh, at the same time, you know, at the back of their head, they're like, Oh, like she, she's got something that she's excited about. I should be excited too. You know, I want to learn yeah. more about it. Right. I don't know what it is, but yeah. <laughs> exactly. So you have to like, kind of know how to, you know, draw that out of people. Um, the emotion aspect is so important, you know, and that's why, um, you know, crafting and sharing a story, um, as well, you know, if you're self-employed or, or, um, you know, working on, um, you know, building a business, uh, with your own clients and, and, uh, you know, the, the business revolves around you, like you're your own personal brand at that point. Right. And so like, what's the story behind you? Why should people go to you? Um, you know, what's going to make you, um, you know, different from everyone else. And especially in the beauty industry, you know, um, you know, if we're talking about, um, you know, Chanel and, um, you know, I know you worked with Mary Kay as well and things like that, like the products, like, are, are just so, so similar. Right. And there's so many, um, you know, products that you could get probably almost the same thing somewhere else, but what really ties people to buying it from you, um, and, and that brand is really the story behind it and you know, the person behind it too. Um, and so like, um, 
I'm really excited to kind of hear also how um, things went with you at Mary Kay too, because a lot of people like give Mary Kay a bad like grab, but it's, it's literally like uh, you can be so successful um, just by like being open and being yourself and, and being able to connect with people. And I think like that's the biggest problem in today's societies. Like they, they're not sure exactly how to have those real relationships and they're not really sure like how to um, stand, you know, behind themselves and really understand themselves and also like what they're actually doing um, or what they're, you know, selling, you know, that's, I, I think. Well, the value that they're adding. I mean, I exactly. think that's if you can add some type of value to someone's life, they want to hear about it. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, whoever, the, the person who's going to win um, in, in the marketplace is the one who gives the most value, right? Um, okay. And so, like, um, t tell us a little bit you know, how, how your um, um, time went with Chanel. How long were you with them? Um, I was with Chanel on and off for 38 years. So, a very wow, long that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, very long. That's um, awesome. I know, right? Forever. Mm-hmm. 37, something like that. I'll, I did not figure it out with the years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll let you know the exact number. Yeah. A long time. And, you know, at times I was the business manager behind the counter, like mm -hmm. managing people. And um, certain times I was a sales associate and certain times mm -hmm. I was a freelancer. They would just call in for different events. And I, that changed throughout the years based on my life and what was going on in my life. Mm -hmm. That type of thing. But I always did really, really well. I always did what I did. I always did me. Mm -hmm. You know, I always was that passionate person about the products. Mm -hmm. in whatever position that I was in. And, you know, um, later on, it, I, when I left Chanel, um, I left Chanel because I it was part of the, when I say on and off with Chanel, it's because the six years or so, five years I was with Mary Kay, I left Chanel for that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then I went back, you know, and then, then I went back. But um, I, uh, trying to thought, sorry. No, it's all good. <laughs> um, you say you were with uh, Chanel. Me back in. <laughs> you're with Chanel for about 30, 38 years, you said, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give us a, give us kind of maybe um, some background on like how your journey evolved over that time. Like, did you just start out as a sales associate and kind of work your way up? Well, I started out, no, I didn't. I started out as the business manager. Oh, really? Um, oh, the, awesome. Yeah, at the counter. You know, it's a counter manager type position. And um, I did it, I went to the downtown Pittsburgh Kaufman's store, which was just a dream for me because it was kind of like the Macy's New York City store. You know, it was yeah. like New York on 34th Street Macy's store. Yeah. Often felt like it truly did. And mm -hmm. um, it had a restaurant at the top level. If you go up the escalator, all the floors, eventually you'd get to a place where there were old wooden escalators, like the really, mm -hmm. really, really old ones. It was so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and I just, I loved that so much. I loved that job. We had events and we had different things. Now, um, I, I can't remember the year, but I had the biggest event in Chanel history in the U.S. while I was at that store. Awesome. That's crazy. It's cool. Yeah. So what, what was the event? Well, we got a, um, got the, like a banquet room that was available upstairs. So the event was done off the floor and we booked appointments for it. And I had a whole bunch of freelance, I think I had like 10 freelance people a day mm -hmm. in, and we used the, um, you know, they take the uh, fabric curtains and they put them on the rolling racks to make, kind of make big walls. Mm -hmm. We did that and we had eight different little rooms set up. So each person when they came in for their appointment, they were with an artist in a room so they felt like it was private. Yeah. So we scheduled appointments for that. I had I got involved with the catering department in the store and we had little, you know, appetizer buffet set up so they could get something to eat. We had mm -hmm. silly, you know, cucumber water because so it felt spa like, you know, silly yeah. things like that. That's awesome. And did, um, did were you did you hold like a a marketing position at this point? 
No, I was just the business manager at that counter. Okay. And so did you have like a lot of uh, the creativity behind? uh, It was my event. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. How'd you kind of cross that together? Um, Well, you know, we've we've done smaller events before. And at SA Lauder, we have done some events where we just bring people in appointment after appointment after appointment all day long mm -hmm. to, you know, sell product to each person. I just wanted this to feel, because it was Chanel. You you, you had had events like this before. Um, So what? Oh, yeah, at SA Lauder. Mm -hmm. And so um, what kind of uh, allowed you to, like, understand like so how, I just wanted it needed to feel what do I do yeah so what I did is you know I, I talked to the account executive for the Pittsburgh area which is where mm-hmm. this was all happening and um, I got her to bring in videos of and there were, there were VCRs <laughs> videos of Chanel commercials and things that had aired on TV mm-hmm. so we had that playing in the background the whole time we had big, a larger screen as big as we could get at that time mm-hmm. you know and we just had commercials playing for Chanel and it wasn't it didn't feel like commercials to sell them something it felt like people could watch this really super cool filming of something you know and it it just worked really well it added a nice ambiance you know I had the girls all the freelancers dress up be special make it special Mm -hmm. this is not our standard event this is something really special people want to see some glitz and glamour you know and um so it it turned out to be a really good thing we did eighteen thousand dollars in sales in seven days wow that's awesome how uh, how many people um came to the event you know uh, I don't know, maybe no, a lot, <laughs> it's really a lot. Yeah. Well, no, I mean our average unit sale, which is what we always kept track of average unit sale was like three or $400 really? huge at that yeah. time. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, yes, Chanel's expensive, but this was, I was, yeah, absolutely. was a long time ago, you know? Yeah. So, but I was really proud of that event because nobody had ever done anything like that. And now they do, they try to do it all the time. The mm-hmm. problem now is expenses are so tight in retailers that they don't have money to do the, they don't have money yeah. to pay yeah. for all the freelancers or pay for this or that or everything, you know. So pretty much everything happens at the counter right now. Okay. For for someone who maybe um maybe you could shed some light on like for someone who maybe like like wants to kind of put together um maybe not something like a, a big huge event, but like maybe someone who owns a salon or uh, even their their own you know um, a booth or something like that um, in the beauty industry, no matter what they're doing, you know. Um, Maybe what uh, what would be like some good advice um, that that you have seen uh, when crafting like events together? What what do you feel like yeah. really um, resonates with people and makes them actually want to go? Because like I think a lot of people try to put together events and then um, they Same don't. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you have to make it different from what they've seen yeah. before, and you mm-hmm. have to know customers have been around the block. They've seen all these different things. You know, mm-hmm. you have to make it feel special. Absolutely, and you have to have experts there to talk to the people. Mm-hmm can't just be, oh yeah, I'm a sales associate at this counter <laughs> and here's a brochure with all of our lipstick colors. You know, you have to have a, an expert there. You've got to have your top salesperson yeah. able to talk to people. Even if it's not a selling event, they yeah. have, they're the one, that top salesperson is the one that's going to be able to explain the product mm-hmm. the best and that's what you need to do. Absolutely. And let's maybe feel different. Yeah. I, I love that. Cause um, really like we, we, we've worked with, um, you know, clients who, who put on big events and things like that. Um, and really like, um, they, they will have like actually tried to put together an event and it's maybe like, um, almost the same thing that uh, we had done later in the future, but we portrayed it as something, you know, um, that kind of like, you know, intrigue factor and like something that like, uh, appealed to the, to, uh, their audience because it was something that like, not a lot of people have done before. We put like a sense of urgency on it, like get your ticket to the event um, mm-hmm. and like things like that. And then like literally the same event would get, you know, 
10 times as many people to come to it. Um, and, and it was just because, you know, you, you have to create, you know, um, a real like, you know, hook to why you're doing the event. And then also like, um, you know, give them a sense of urgency why they should come and give them like, you know, an incentive to come too. Yeah, what's in it for them? I mean, what are exactly. they going to get out of it? Why why shouldn't they just go to Sephora and order their products? Why should they do exactly. that instead? You know? So yeah. there's got to be something in it for them, whether it's a gift or information or, you know, there's a company, um, fragrance company called uh, Isan Francis Kirk John. It's a big fragrance mm -hmm. company from Paris. Mm -hmm. And uh, once or twice a year, Neiman's will have a perfumer, a guy, yeah. Kirk John, come to Neiman's. Mm -hmm. And they're able to do a nice event there. They get off the sales floor. They have a lunch for everybody. And the guy that made the perfume comes and talks to everyone and autographs bottles mm -hmm. and that kind of thing to make it special. Yeah. And so that's, it has to be something that they can't get anywhere. Of course. Yeah. And, and I think like um, you hit the nail on the head too. Like you, your best salesperson should definitely be the one like in front and, and talking to people. And like um, we talked a lot about this a little bit um, earlier too. Like, um, like what a salesperson actually is. Everyone gives like, you know, I don't want to deal with salespeople. I hate, you know, sales and things Those like that. Those are salespeople. Yeah. yeah. But like really like all sales is, is being able to like help people solve their problems and, you know, create an exchange that helps both people. Right. I mean, that's all that sales is. And like really, um, you know, what it means to be a salesperson, it just means that you're, you connect with people. You, you, you have the ability to solve problems. Right. Um, and you really like anyone who, um, owns a business or, um, you know, wants to, you know, help people and make connections should, you know, learn everything, you know, they can to know about like sales itself, because they'll realize that like, you know, it's not some sort of trickery or it's not some sort of, you know, um, you know, sleazy car salesman tactic or anything like that. Like really it's just, how can you, you know, get to know someone in, you know, if I was just, you know, at an event, someone comes up, um, you know, they take the time of their day to come uh, to, to an event and they come and, uh, you know, whether they're coming to my booth, whether they're just coming and, um, you know, just checking things out. Like if I don't, you know, introduce myself and, you know, let them know, like, thank you for coming. Uh, what interested you in coming by and getting to know them? Like what act, like something drove them to come to you. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and this could be, you know, through any method, right? This is all sales is first. You have to get, you know, attention first. And then once you have that attention, you have to be able to capitalize on it. Right. And so, right. um, I th yeah, I think the best salespeople in the world in any industry are the people that approach selling from a consultant type of position. Yes, absolutely. They're consultant salespeople. They're there to help someone solve a problem. Right. It's, a, it's I, not just about, here's my stuff, buy it. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> work. looks great on you, buy it. Yeah. You, know, you need to identify a problem, come up with several solutions, mm -hmm. explain to the individual why it's going to help them, what's in it, yeah. what it's all about, why do they need it. Mm -hmm. And you know, one of the things that I always did, um, I guess not really in the beginning when I didn't know anything, but in the last several last jobs I've had that have been at store level, I would ask people, how would you feel if like, how would you feel if that redness in your skin or how would you feel if the picture that you brought me of the model in the magazine, how would you feel if you could look like that? Yeah. How would you feel if yeah. you took this problem? Because yeah. that is where you get to bring feelings and emotion into, the, into that. That's the emotion. That's what I was just about to say. Yep. People have to feel, you know, um, a reason. People love to buy things. <laughs> you just have yeah, to, you I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like people feel good when they buy things that they know are good for them, right? And so like yeah. you, you have to like just make sense um, of, 
you know, why they're buying it and give them a reason uh, how it's going to help them. And that, I mean, it doesn't matter what it costs, you know, uh, money is just, you know, an exchange tool and it's only, you know, a, a number, right? <laughs> I mean, numbers yeah. in your bank account, right? And so like you have to create enough value that, you know, this uh, product or service that I'm giving you is worth more than uh, those numbers in your bank account. Right? I, I worked at a I worked at a Chanel counter in um in here in Texas after I'd gotten here. Okay, awesome. And um, I uh, I had a lot. It was it the mall was not in the best neighborhood. Mm -hmm. It just happened to have a Chanel counter in that. Uh, it was yeah. a Dillard's that I worked in there, mm -hmm. and um, people just didn't have a lot of money to spend in that. Yeah. Right. It just is what it is. You know. Mm -hmm. So um, what I would do, I had a lot of customers. I would say, here's your four products that are the most important for what you want to accomplish with your skin. Skin care, mm -hmm. I'm not talking about makeup, but, but it worked with makeup too. But um, here's, the, here's the one you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck from. Buy that one. Just one. Don't buy mm -hmm. the other three. Yeah. I'll make you a little sampler or whatever. Or next payday or next time you can afford it, mm -hmm. you're going to buy this one because this is your second biggest bang for your buck. Absolutely. And I have them on a rotation like that where like every – once a month or once every three weeks or two weeks even, they would come in and they would replenish a product and they could afford mm -hmm. to do one at a time. Yes. But mm -hmm. after that first four week cycle, they had everything. Yeah. So they were able to get the best results from what they were using. Mm -hmm. But they didn't feel that sting of, you know, a $700 purchase all at once for skin cream. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So it, I had a lot of customers yeah. that I did that for. And, you I, know, it yeah. made their day because there's no, they walk in and say, no, there's no way I can afford this. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Started to make it work. Yeah. How how did you figure out a lot of this? Because um, that's crazy. That's that's um, not something that really um, you know in um, you know a sales position that like they necessarily like don't always give you that education and understanding like um, how important it is to kind of like um, we we call it like the value ladder. You know, yeah. um, whatever it takes to just get you know that first exchange um, and that first you know relationship built. Um, that should be the only focus because then, you know, the relationship will develop and, um, you know, product and, you know, service stacking along the way, uh, will happen as long as you can get that first, um, you know, actual exchange or relationship built. Right. right. Um, so if what way you kind of figure that out? So ask me that question again. What, what, what allowed you to kind of figure that out? Oh, um, oh, you know, for me, it was just, it was a money thing. You know, I yeah. had customers that really loved what I was showing them and sincerely could not afford to buy the whole thing mm -hmm. so i had to find a way to get them the one product that they would get the best results from the fastest mm -hmm. because then i'm solving a problem yes. for them and they see mm -hmm. that and they're going to want to come back for the rest of it but mm -hmm. i had to make it palatable i had to make it you know so their husbands didn't get mad at them for spending so much money you know to be, I mean, I, yeah you know, I, there's, and, offer. and it's a, again it's that um consultant type sales where mm -hmm. i'm not i wasn't doing this to get one big sale and never see the lady again yeah. i want her to come back you know right. want her to come back and the long-term relationship yeah that's that's mm -hmm. what's most important you know that's awesome. why i say the most successful people have that consultative approach to their sales they don't just try to get one big sale and then and then yeah. never see the person again. there aren't enough people shopping in retail stores now to um to not do it that way, to not yeah. do it from a mm -hmm. consultant basis. Because I didn't, I mean, back then, not necessarily here in Texas, but when I was in Pittsburgh operating that way, you know, I would see 15, 20, 25 customers a day. So I had a lot, so what if these three didn't buy anything the next three? What, what I mean, I had that because we had the volume of traffic through the stores. Yeah. Now, some of these people in these retailers are lucky if they, they see three people a day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you have to make the most of each one and you have to do whatever you can do to develop that relationship because yeah. 
you know, you, you want that person to come back to you. And Absolutely. one of the, I used to tell people this all the time, brand new sales associates in retail who had never done anything before, who were like I was when I first went, yeah. to, went to conference. I would say, pick up a product and tell her she doesn't need it. Mm-hmm. It's really expensive. This is, this is a really cool product, brightening and lightening, or this brow pencil is $27. Mm-hmm. You know what? Get a brow pencil at CVS. Don't spend $27 on this. I would rather see you take that $27 and put it towards the eye cream you're going to get next week from me, which is 50 Yeah. Or 150 if it's Chanel, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah. So, you know, that telling a person that this is a great product and I could sell it to you, I'm not going to, mm-hmm. helps to develop their relationship and helps to develop trust. Yes. Because it absolutely. shows the customer that I'm not just going to sell them everything I have, whether it's good for them or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's awesome. Did you kind of like... Um, was there any uh, education involved as you were kind of figuring all of this stuff out or was it just like you, you really learned from experience and actually oh, all from all from experience. Nobody knew anything that they were doing. Yeah. You know? I mean, I just didn't know if like, yeah, I didn't know if you like maybe had uh, at the time, like, um, you know, studied a lot of this stuff or at least like, you know, tried to learn more and more. Um, Cause I know that that's what made the difference for me um, to be able to really excel um, in my, you know, sales ability was just the fact that, um, like I, I sucked when I first started, just like anything, like the first time you do it, you're going to suck. <laughs> um, and like, you just have to keep doing it and coming back and learning from it uh, every single time. And like, you know, I would, um, you know, I would invest in, in buying tons of different books and courses and everything so that I could, you know, uh, go out and, and try things, um, see how it worked. And then if it didn't work, I'll come back and I'd actually like, you know, fix the mistakes that I made so that like I could grow faster than um, rather than just like, you know, trying over and over and over and over again um, and hoping that eventually I would craft, you know, the, the perfect, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, right, connection right, right. Or pitch, right? Um, you know, it's, you know, this being, being in the end of this learning about the retail and the beauty mm-hmm. industry. Yeah. Um, and back when I started, there was nothing written down anywhere, you know, I mean, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. but what was good back then and it continued into the eighties and then probably around the mid nineties, it all went away because it was too expensive. But um, when I went to work for Estee Lauder, they would not let me near a customer really? until I spent four days in a hotel getting trained four days. Really? I was even, and, and I learned things. It was Estee Lauder specific, you know, mm-hmm. ingredients in a product that I could communicate to people, you know, prices, mm-hmm. you know, all the little stuff that you need to know. Um, and their job, the trainer's job was to get us, us newbies all excited about the product. So we would go and be excited and sell it. You know? And mm-hmm. it worked. And um, I've had trainings like that from different cosmetics companies because like I worked for Nordstrom for a short period of time and for Neiman's for a while. And in those two specific, and Saks, and those three retailers, everybody in the, in, in the department got trained on everybody else's line. Because mm-hmm. everyone was supposed to sell everything. So it wasn't yeah. a big elaborate training, so I guess they lauder or Chanel would do, but it was little training. So we would learn different things about different lines. Mm-hmm. Um, now that's barely done. You can't, I mean, it's so hard to do. It's crazy. Like I can't yeah. schedule a Dior training for my Dior people because mm-hmm. the stores can't afford to have them off the sales floor spending time with them. Yeah. And, if they, and they don't want to pay them to be off the sales floor. The trainings yeah. that are done now are on the associate's own time. They can go if they want to. They're not mandatory. So, of course, like anything, some go, some go. You know, I mean, yeah. some are happy with their, you know, hourly rate, don't care too much about the commission. And yeah, you know, it is what it is. Training yeah. isn't there in retail mm-hmm. like it should be. Like it yeah. used to, especially with the changes that are coming into place now, the way retail is changing. Mm-hmm. 
and you know Nordstrom, I, you probably have heard of this, but Nordstrom, I don't know if it's still open, but maybe a, three, four years ago, they opened a store in California with no merchandise in it. Really? It was just samples of everything where you can go into this small really? Nordstrom, you could look at everything, touch it, feel it, try it on for size, you know, try color, whatever, and then you would order it right there and it would ship to us. You never even leave with anything. Yeah. That's where we're going. I mean, yeah, that's where the industry's going. I think so too. I mean, uh, you, you think of any you know retail place you go to, like they're always going to have the ability you know to to buy online, right? <laughs> and I, I I think um I think the biggest thing you know the reason that uh, a lot of retail is is failing um, is not the fact that you know it's just you know the death of retail at all. You know, it's just the fact that a lot of uh, companies just haven't adapted and, and really evolved into the way things are going. And like people are always going to need. Um, you know, these products and these clothes and, you know, it's just like, that's never going to go away. Um, but your ability to get them in front of people and, you know, be still convenient in the way that you deliver it to them, um, is like, it, you have to keep up with the way things are going because the minute, you know, um, someone finds something, you know, at a better price and more convenient, you're done. They're out of there. Never yeah. mind, right? Yeah. Um, and so like, yeah, I can completely, uh, see like that. That's pretty cool. I didn't know about that story. Um, about that Nordstrom's like yeah. it, it seems like it's very smart you know it, it, they don't have to buy a bunch of product too that's not going to get sold and you know they can kind of just you know let people they can kind of do some testing almost to figure out what people still want um and what they can you know make sure that they 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 put in front of the most people right here's um, the problem though doing all that research finding out what people want putting everything in front of them takes a lot of money and a lot true. of time yeah. mm -hmm. and a lot of these retailers are working on such a shoestring budget right now that they can't afford to take that money off. Mm -hmm. They can't afford to not have those people on the sales floor. They can't afford yeah. to do it. So mm -hmm. the companies that are going away, the companies that are mm -hmm. going out of business are the ones that just can't or won't, like you said, adapt into what's happening. Yeah. And you know, at some point, a company like Marcus, an example, they're gonna have to step back and say, okay, hold, what do we do? We mm -hmm. need to be able to say, okay, we're gonna have to tough it out for a month because mm -hmm. Y and Z to see where yeah. we're at next, and yeah. you know, they're just unwilling to do it. Any all, all of the retailers are unwilling to do it. I mean, what Nordstrom did with that store of no merchandise, and it was brilliant. Mm -hmm. You know, um, yeah. everybody else is cannibalizing their own businesses because yeah. they're eating into their brick and mortar stores because everything is so available online, and they yeah. offer free shipping, they offer free returns, everything if you order online. You know, mm -hmm. and so and that's great that they're doing that. They're trying to stay where trying to stay on trend trying to do what the trends are and what they need to do the problem is they haven't made the decision that they want to eliminate the brick and mortar stores altogether yeah and they're not doing anything to support the brick and mortar stores yeah they're not doing what they need to do in my opinion in my humble mm -hmm. not so humble opinion <laughs> they're not doing what they need to do mm -hmm. like they have like whenever Estee Lauder does a gift purchase, that should not be available online that should mm -hmm. only be if you come to the store so the customer has an incentive to go to the store. They're going to buy all the same stuff. You know, they're still yeah. going to buy what they need. It's all there at the store. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. um, I know unless they're living remotely or something, that's a different issue. But yeah. they need to they need to make it worth the customer's while to come to the store. And they're yeah. not doing that. And they're putting it all on the backs of the sales associates. Mm -hmm. Well, call them. Why aren't you calling more people? Call yeah. more people. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. and, but they're not giving them any tools to work with. It's a shame because mm -hmm. they've got nothing to work with and they're expected to meet their goals and they're expected to beat LY and beat their last year numbers and all that stuff. Yeah. And it's really unfortunate. And, and you know, the saddest piece of it is the 
people in these retail stores, they don't want to hear it. Yeah. They don't care. They don't yeah. want to know, you know? Yeah. So you, know, you have to decide, I mean, how long or how long are you going to have that brick and mortar store if your online mm -hmm. business continues to eat at it? Yeah. You know? And I think it so, all comes down to really also like client and customer service too. You know, you have to give people, you know, the feeling that, um, you know, whether it be an online experience or, you know, an in-person experience, like you can't, um, you know, just hire sales reps um, and not like train and educate them and really, you know, let them know what 100% uh, above and beyond service is um, and expect like things to uh, just work themselves out because like, um, really, I think, you know, that's the biggest gap that I've seen, like in all, you know, even, um, you know, we've worked with big, you know, million, even billion dollar companies, um, and like the way that they even train their people, um, it, it's just, it's, it's very, you know, quick and easy. And then boom, the rest is up to you. And, um, really that's like, right. um, yeah. And we say this all the time, you know, training isn't something you did. It's something you do and something you have to keep working on. Um, and it's the number one thing that, um, makes the biggest difference. I mean, some of the biggest, um, companies in the world, like believe it or not, like McDonald's has one of the best like education and training programs. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like, uh, yeah. And so like, um, like it's so important. Right. And especially like salespeople are the face of retail. Like they're, they're the people that draw the face people. of your company. Yeah. yeah. And so like if, if that, you know, isn't perfected, um, the rest is just not going to work, you know? Um, and so they like, talk, they, no, you go ahead. Oh, they do talk a lot about customer service and all the retailers that I've been yeah. in all the, and I've seen them all and worked in most of them. You know, I mean, I've seen it. Um, yeah. they talk a lot about customer service to their credit. They, they do mm -hmm. that, but, um, that's just a piece of the puzzle. It's very, very important. Customer service means everything. But mm -hmm. if in addition to those customer service skills, you're not giving your people tools to work with to get traffic into the stores, yeah. mm -hmm. they're going to get discouraged. And then yeah. the customer service level is going to go back down again. I've seen it a hundred times. Mm -hmm. you know, the employees get discouraged. It's like, ah, nothing I can mm -hmm. do. You know, I, mean, I used to say all the time, I can build sales. I can't build people. Yeah. <laughs> bodies sure. in the store. You have to, yeah. I mean, I can develop a relationship with somebody. Mm -hmm. But something has to draw them in the store in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And if the retailers aren't doing that, which they're not, mm -hmm. then um, that's that's where everything falls apart, and that's what's happening right now. Yeah, that's very interesting to hear, like your your inside perspective too, because um, that that could definitely, you know. Um, from being on the inside, you realize like how things have changed so much, you know, being in, um, you know, the industry for 40 years, like I'm sure you've seen like so much, um, that has happened. Right. And so, um, that's, that's very insightful. And I, I love, um, that you, you know, realize that that's why, you know, places are failing and the ones who are not failing is because they're actually realizing this and, and actually implementing and acting on it. Right. Because, um, you know, in this, you know, fast moving, uh, day and age, like if you do not, you know, figure out how to continue, you know, moving with the way of things and try to stay where you're at, you're going to get passed by in a second. Right. You start, you start digging your heels in and saying, we don't do that. That's just not what we do. Next yeah. thing you know, you know, you're buried. Exactly. I mean, it, it's even like if it's business or even your, your personal, you know, life you, every now and then you have to just like take a step back, like look at where you're at now and where you want to be and how you're going to get there. And like, if you're not on the right track, like you have to do some reassessment and some replanning and restructuring. Right. Um, and you know, I'm obviously, um, you know, very young, but I've even had to do it, you know, plenty of times. Right. Cause yeah, yeah, all the time. 
yeah, it's so easy to get, you know, caught with your, your head down, you're moving forward, but maybe you're not moving in the right direction, <laughs> you know? Um, well, I think anybody, young or not, anybody that's got an entrepreneurial spirit about them at all is always yeah. going to be looking to the what's next. Exactly. How long? Okay, I can, I, I can do what I'm doing for this long, but when this, when this goes away, what next, mm -hmm. what's next? And, Absolutely. You know, that mm -hmm. causes you, that forces you to do that. Of course. Yeah, 100%. What do you think? Um, so, so you were with uh, Chanel for 38 years. When did you um, get into involved with Mary Kay? I was interested um, in that story. Was, let me just think about this for a second. It was probably in the 30 year phase, in that 30, that, you know, 30 years. And I just thought, you know, I knew a couple people that were selling Mary Kay. They weren't breaking any records or anything, but I thought, you know, I always knew about the company. Mm -hmm. you know, I know the history of the company. I've always, you know, because cosmetics is my thing, you know, I've always yeah. known, known about Mary Kay and her, I know a lot of her quotes and her fun cool things and the history of the company, like I know the history of Chanel. Mm -hmm. so, um, so I was really just fascinated by it. So I had a girl come in. I've had many, many, many people over the years. Oh, you should be a consultant. You'd be so good. Why? Oh, because you're so pretty. You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I actually had somebody come and sit down with me who had been in the business for a long time and said, here's why I know you can do it. And, mm -hmm. and I, she was right. I mean, I, I, it's related to me, you know, mm -hmm. because I wasn't approaching it as, oh, this is fun, it's lipstick. You know, I was approaching it from a how do I make a living standpoint. Yeah. You know, and it worked for me. And I, it's a 24-7 job. It's not easy. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. none, of that, none of those direct sales companies are easy if you want to make any money. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I did that. I went, I, I um, was able to replace my full-time full paycheck. Wow. Was this, wait, real quick, was this while you were with um, Chanel still? This was, I was um, freelancing with Chanel and right. I had another full-time job because I had moved and I couldn't get to that counter I was working at. So I was freelancing for Chanel, but I was, I also had another little job that I was doing and, you know, I wasn't making much money. I mean, at the time it wasn't bad, but you know, I think I was making about $500 a week. Mm -hmm. Not horrible, but you know, I yeah, mean, not bad at all. Probably just got to put their kids through college on that, but yeah. you know, whatever. Um, I, um, you know, I, when this lady sat down with me, I'm like, okay, so if I do, if I decide to do this, um, I want to be able to make enough money to leave my other job. I don't want, I'm not doing this because I want a second job. Mm -hmm. This is to replace my job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I figured out that, you know, how long it would take me and how many, how many, what I would need to have in sales every week to mm -hmm. make that money. And in six months, I was able to quit that job and I was making that same amount of money just wow. doing it full time. Which That's is awesome. So, and, and I started. spent so much time, like, um, you know, in that industry too, like that's crazy that um, you're able to just, you know, within six months, just like get back to, you know, that. Yeah. Well, I took a lot of the retail experience that I had. Of and course, the, yeah. And I applied it to that company. Mm -hmm. you know, so right. it worked, it worked for me. And I had an advantage that other people didn't have because I had such an extensive background in cosmetics. Mm -hmm. And yeah. other people don't, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. that's whatever it is, what it is, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, that I made a lot of money and people were like, oh yeah, whatever. I, you know, I made, I started in July. And my pay for Mary Kay that year was like fifty-two thousand. Really, that's awesome. Hundred thousand dollars in your five yeah. year, right? Yeah. Right? And that, and I made over hundred thousand dollars every single year. My highest was three hundred. Wow. No. And I made good money doing that job. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I was I would have if I had, and this was in Connecticut. I was living in Connecticut at the time. If I had stayed in Connecticut, I probably would still be in Mary Kay doing the same thing. Yeah. Or, or I mean, or have moved up, whatever. You know. Yeah. And but, real, um, real quick, I think it's yeah. super important to note too that like. I mean, um, that was all because of like the skills and the, the knowledge that you had acquired um, from past experiences and you just applied it um, to something, you know, new. Um, mm -hmm. But like the fact that um, all those skills like 
made you grow so quickly is super important to like take note of too. Like that just shows like how important uh, it is to really focus on, you know, really understanding and analyzing and like really studying, you know, the, the arts and crafts of, of what you're doing. So, Cause like your skill set will, um, will never like that's, you have that all the time. Right. And so like, if you're ever in a bind or something like that, you still have a skill set that you can apply, you know, anywhere <laughs> and be able That's to cool. utilize it to, yeah. you know, um, make money for yourself. Right. You know, it could have been Mary Kay. It could have been, you know, exactly. And so like, I, I think like, um, that's not something to discount, like how, how, um, you know, important it is to really define, you know, your skill sets and your strengths. Maybe it's not, you know, um, sales for everybody, but, um, you know, get, you know, good at what you do and you can use it, you know, in other areas of life too, um, that maybe it's, it's more profitable for you to do it that way. Um, it's about planning. It's about exactly. planning too. Yeah. Like I didn't just get my new little pink kit to carry on my shoulder. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've made a plan. Mm -hmm. So many new people I need to meet. Here's how many things what I have to have in sales every day to get to my $500 you know, for the week. Perfect. I mean, it's about planning. Yeah. yeah. How did you learn how to uh, do a proper, you know, planning procedure? Was that something? I was born with that. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been that. You know, I'll tell you, it's funny. When I was a kid, um, when I was little, I have two younger brothers. And, you know, mm -hmm. at the time when we were growing up in Pittsburgh, the store everybody went to, like people go to Target now, everybody yeah. went to Kmart back then. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody yeah. went there. And that was, you know, 100 years ago. But, you know, um, so once a week, every couple of weeks, you know, my parents, we'd all get in the car and we'd go to Kmart. <laughs> they didn't have groceries yet. It was just for like stuff, household stuff and mm -hmm. underwear and socks and things like that, you know. Yeah. And every time we went, my parents would say, go to the toy section and pick out a toy. And I really think they were doing that to get rid of us so that they could shop and get the stuff that they really needed, right? Yeah. But my brothers would go and they'd pick out cars and trucks and stuff. Boys like, you know, they'd go to the toy section, get dinosaurs and stuff. I would go right to the paper and the pens and the Sharpies and the, <laughs> and the office yeah. supplies. I, I never went to the toy section. I always went there. That's funny. And it's just weird. That's just me. I've always been one of those people that yeah. I want to write it down. I want to plan it. I want to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Drives my guy crazy. Because like, you know, when we have issues where we have something going on that's just a matter of well let's just see what happens I have I really struggle with that because I'm not a let's just see what happens kind of person mm -hmm. you know I'm a let's figure it out let's sit yeah. down let's talk let's do you know and you know <laughs> that is what it is but that's I, awesome that, I mean that's a good trait to have that's that's like literally planning I don't think there's anything more important um, especially if you're trying to you know exceed and, and excel in anything you're doing like you have to know what to do to keep yourself accountable. And so like anyone that we work with and even for ourselves, we like to do, you know, um, even if it's just like a, a shorter period of time that we want to make a difference, like um, we usually do like a, a 90 day, you know, sprint plan where like we know like if we want to, you know, um, get a lot done in, in double or even triple or whatever, we could do it in a 90 day period if we yeah, everything everything happens in ninety days. Yeah. Everything does. Exactly. Know? Yeah, and so you like laser focus on one thing, and you have yeah. To mm -hmm. So I'll tell you kind of like a little bit about like how we would do a plan like that, and maybe you can kind of share like what the difference was, um, just really briefly, just to kind of get a good feel for anyone who may be watching this and like doesn't know like how the heck do I plan? Um, You're I, actually going to post this as a video with my half face up there, are you? Uh, I'm going to have the audio too, so we have a podcast as well. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you see it and everything before. Because I beat the pillows down sitting here, so I'm short again. It's all good. Um, but uh, yeah, so basically like planning is has been the, the number one thing that's gotten us to be so successful. And what we do and what we found is most successful for us is like I just said, like a 90-day plan 
Um, and what we'll do is we'll actually make uh, three lists of like three to five things um, to start. This is just kind of um, getting, getting the right mindset going. Um, we'll start with like three to five things of reasons like why you want to um, you know, make a change uh, or accomplish a goal within a 90 day period. And then we'll do three to five things that um, we want to accomplish by the end of it. Um, and so whether it be, you know, a number standpoint, uh, you know, professional self-development uh, standpoint, things that like you want to happen or be an end result at the end of the 90 days. And then also what's three to five things that you have to do every single day during this 90 day plan for it to uh, be successful for you. And then we'll like kind of look at, I think kind of what you were saying, you know, you look at this is, you know, how many contacts I need to make, you know, this is how many you know, sales I need to make. Break it you down. Yeah, you got to reverse engineer it down to the day mm -hmm. and stick to it every single day. Um, Another thing to add to that is um, how will you feel when it's done? Yeah, that's actually and super important. If you important. really focus yeah. on that, because there are things you can do in your life to create that feeling of mm -hmm. it being done. Like, oh, yeah. I feel really good about myself. I'll feel pacing. I'll feel um, accomplished. Okay, mm -hmm. well, what, is it, what does an accomplished person look like and feel yeah. like? Well, maybe she dresses a little better than I am, mm -hmm. or maybe she does this or whatever. Well, mm -hmm. start dressing like it's done. Start yeah. acting like it's already done. And, yeah. you know, and that makes it fun to keep the, keep the momentum up. Yeah, and it, that's how your brain works. Like, I mean, um, you know, people with, like, vision boards and all that stuff, you don't have to do that. But, like, being able to see where you want to go makes it a lot easier to achieve. Um, and so something that has really made the difference for me is, like, I'll actually write my goals down every single day. Um, and that way, like I can literally like, I'll do it, um, you know, look at it and write it in the morning. I'll also do it at night. So that way, like it's the first thing that I think about. And it's also the last thing I think about. So it's like always kind of like in my head. Um, and like, it's crazy to think. Um, and I learned this from, um, someone that I follow very, um, closely, um, when I'm, you know, educating myself and keeping that surrounding there. I think that's super important as well. Um, to note, like if you want to be successful, you have to really surround yeah, someone. Yeah, with like, you know, podcasts or, you know, read, you know, pages of a book a day, you know, get something that's like that outside um, kind of kicking the butt that you're always like absorbing and learning. Uh, and that'll keep your, your momentum going. Um, Tony but, Robbins is great for that kind of thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Are you aware of uh, Ed Milet? Um, he, he's um, been I've the heard that name, but I don't I would check his, out his, uh, his podcast as well as like uh, a lot of his content. He talks about um, the reticular activating system uh, in our brains. Um, and it's basically like, um, it's where your brain is, uh, it starts to um, realize and, and know things the more um, familiar it is what actually is going on with you. And so like, um, basically like to uh, put this in perspective, he, he usually says it like, so if you, um, you know, buy a new car and it's like a blue Honda, um, you'll start to see all these other blue Hondas on the street just because, you know, th something that you would never before. Yeah, because now it's familiar to you, right? And so, like, um, that's why it's so important also, like, you know, um, to think of, like, why it's important to have things in front of you and, like, um, on your mind uh, all the time because it, like, it, you know, even if you're not aware of it, it does influence, like, the way you think and the way that you, um, you know, act and the way you move through your day. Um, and also, like, you know, you're always talking to yourself all the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, if you can control those thoughts, um, and, and really, you know, get them to always be something positive or something that's pushing you forward. Um, that is what's going to make the difference for you, especially yeah. as an entrepreneur. I'm sure you can relate to that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so give us a little, um, so, so you like scaled things pretty big with Mary Kay. How long were you with them? Maybe five and a half, six years. Really? That's awesome. And so, um, 
that that was kind of something that uh, brought you um, away from uh, Chanel, right? Um, yeah. And because I thought it's my own business, I run it like it's my own business, and I have that independence, which I really loved. I traveled a lot during mm -hmm. that time because I just loved it. Yeah, um, and that's and then I moved to Texas. Yeah, <laughs> where where were you at before? You're you're still in. Um, I was in Connecticut at that point. Connecticut, okay, Connecticut. awesome. When I came to Texas, I know there are a lot of very very successful Mary Kay people here in Texas, yeah. Dallas, which is where Mary Kay's headquarters. Mm -hmm. So yeah. as a new person from Texas, I mean, I'm a new person from, from Pittsburgh, living in Connecticut to here, I couldn't, I couldn't swing a dead cat without hitting a Mary Kay person. You know, yeah. I mean, they are just everywhere. And they are, um, a lot of them aren't there to sell. They don't want businesses, but they sign up as consultants because then they get everything wholesale. Yeah. Well, if your cousin sells everything at wholesale, why would you pay me full retail for anything? You know? So yeah. I, I was with Mary Kay here in Texas for about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I just I can't make it work here. First of all, yeah. I didn't really know anyone. You know, I didn't have contacts. I didn't know anybody. But I just thought, you know, I just, you know, I only have 24-7 to work. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, I can't make the days longer. And it yeah. just was not working for me. And who knows? Maybe if I had done something differently, maybe if I had stuck with it an extra three weeks, something mm -hmm. would have clicked and it would have worked. But mm -hmm. I gave up. And then I went back to Chanel. Mm -hmm. So was, okay. that's when I, my experience with dealers I worked with. I mean, I, I can completely understand that train of thought, too. Um, you know, obviously, like, you achieved, like, tremendous success in the area that you were at, right? And then you moved to a new area. And I think that this happens a lot. Uh, in the beauty industry too, when people move, they're worried about, you know, how am I going to rebuild a client base and things like that. Um, and it is difficult, right? Um, but it's not like impossible. Um, but I, I feel like um, for, for you, you um, like, I don't know, you, you already had put in all of that, um, that time and effort and had already uh, probably gotten to the point where you, you know, kind of saw what it was like to grow to, you know, the top point. And so, you know, maybe it wasn't just the fact that, you know, it was tough to restart. Maybe you just wanted to kind of, you know, what's next? You know, I, I could see how. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I will tell you, I was exhausted. Yeah, I'm that sure. makes sense too. Yeah. <laughs> was up, I'm like, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so. But uh, I mean, it ended up being the right decision, right? I mean. Absolutely. Uh, so, so tell us what happened. Um, and so you moved to Texas. How long ago was this? I've been here about 13 years now. Okay, awesome. And then so yeah. you, uh, back to Chanel, um, what happened at this point when you came back? Was it? Um, this is when I was in the mall that was not in the great neighborhood and I had all the ladies who I was having. Okay, yeah. I probably wanted to tell that it was also a really good experience for me. Okay, awesome. And so, um, so. pick us up to where, um, you know, from 13 years to, you know, today, um, what's kind of evolved since then? Well, wow. Um, well, I at one point had become the um, Chanel there. I think I was there for four years. And then I went to Neiman Marcus for Chanel. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that, that was a bigger animal, better, you know, high end store. I felt like I was at home again, you know, I mean, because yeah, yeah. it was in a great, great, mm -hmm. gorgeous same position store. or um... same position. It was business manager mm -hmm. position. Yeah. Pay okay. better, but it was, mm -hmm. you know, it was there. So um, I just kept doing what I did there. And we had really great success there. I mean, I did fun things like um, we weren't able to do events off the floor like I did a hundred years ago in Pittsburgh, you know, mm -hmm. but I would bring, I brought in a little, um, little Bose radio speaker kind of thing, you know, the speakers that hooked your phone. Oh yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, and I would play French music during every Saturday, all day long. We'd play French music. We mm -hmm. would dress a certain way, a theme each Saturday. Like we would wear like 
red scarves or whatever, just something cutesy to get attention, you know, because everybody else was standing around, you know. And um, that business um, went from $600,000 to a million dollars in six months. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that's good. That's a yeah. good thing on my resume. Yeah, yeah that's um, super. And it was good. And from there, and it was great. We just, I just. That's almost doubling, up. right? <laughs> yeah, it was, it actually was doubling. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. And I, um, you know, and, and being that type of person, the consultative salesperson, I'm also sort of a servant leader, you know, like I, with the girls that worked with me and worked for me, mm -hmm. my whole thing every single day is, are you okay? What do you need? What do you mm -hmm. need? I do. What do you need? What yeah. do I do for you? Because as yeah. the business manager, I, I, and they all don't do this, it's just me. Mm -hmm. As a business manager, I need to make their job as easy and fun as possible so they can of make course. a lot of money and be successful. So yeah. That's all I wanted to do. Absolutely. You know? And they loved it. And they loved me. And it was, it was a great, great for my ego. It was just a really good experience. That's awesome. Um, and I kind of, I mean, I don't really regret leaving because I, you know, I went from that position to being the assistant cosmetics department manager for the, that store. Mm -hmm. So that I learned a lot there. Um, awesome. So, that was really yeah, so basically, um, what you were just talking about, you um, scaled like um, you came back uh, to Chanel and scaled like the uh, production of where you were at from six hundred thousand. You almost doubled it, yeah, yeah. or you did double yeah, it. Double it. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, um, so what happened uh, after that? I mean, uh, are you still um, that position, or did they kind of start to take notice a little bit and um, let you kind of do a little bit more? Uh, they did, except that they've got a policy where they don't promote people um, mm -hmm. from within in the same store. Okay. So if I were to go have gone to the next level, I could be the assistant manager, but for me to have gone to the next level, I would have had to move away, and I couldn't do it. I wasn't okay. Where I could move, so I had to say. Makes sense. Yeah. So I found a job that I love, and it was a you know um, it was another cosmetics company called Le Metier. All that did great there too, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, um, that was good, but it was during the time that I was the assistant manager our cosmetics department manager at Neiman's that I realized that it not necessarily that I realized it because I've always done it but I realized that I actually had something to offer in helping people and training yeah them. no and kidding I mean empowering some of the success is awesome so I went and I did a um, just a nothing serious nothing huge but I did a quick little master life coach training course which okay months you know mm -hmm. and you know got a handful of clients that first you do a whole bunch of people for free you know and then you start getting people to pay you for it yeah and um and i wrote the book you know and i designed a planner because you know i'm the big planning person right yeah so, yeah um, I, I designed a um it's called 365 brilliant days which is a, um, an undated type of planner mm -hmm. i sold on amazon it's kind of gone now i mean it's still there but you wouldn't want to get it now i mean it's, it's very dated it wouldn't even make sense yeah. How long ago was this um, that this all started? And where where did you oh, take three, the uh, four years ago? And where did you take the, um, the the life coaching program? It was a, it was an online course. Okay. You know, I mean, I, I always knew that if I really wanted to get serious and be a coach as my job, I'd have to get more training. But mm -hmm. I'm fine doing it the way I am for what I'm doing right now. Works just fine. Yeah. Yeah. The other book that I'm going to be working on. And, you know, so, so the next book I'm working on is called um, the Carefully Curated Life. Okay. And it's, mm -hmm. it's about your whole life in general, not just work. It's about everything and mm -hmm. creating the life you want to live based on how do you want to feel. Yeah. You know, so that's what Absolutely. This next one's going to be all about. And it's, I got that's sort awesome. of an outline. I've changed it a few times. You know, I've written an outline, threw it away and written an outline, did a couple chapters and said, eh, get back mm -hmm. to it later. It's boring me. So if it's boring yeah. me, nobody else is going to want to read it. So I, I kind of set that aside while I'm working on the YouTube channel. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, and I'm, you know, I am excited about this YouTube thing just because. 
people make so much money doing these videos. Mm -hmm. I mean, this could be my job if I can get oh, yeah. followers, mm -hmm. get people subscribed, and you know all that kind of thing. You know. Yeah, and you so, definitely have the you know edu education and knowledge and expertise to share with people. Like, I mean, hearing you know just you talking about all that you've been through in the past you know 40 or so years like that's that's so much accomplishment that a lot of people can learn from and then like also you know the aspect of like um, how you uh, you know were first starting out you know just in retail uh, as a normal sales associate and then you know developing to a manager standpoint as well like while you weren't um, owning your own business at that point uh, you still like got to learn so much and like actually uh, absorb everything that you were doing and, and you see some tremendous success within you know the company that you worked with and then you know you carried that on to um, you know transition to doing stuff with Mary Kay too um, and that was you know at the point where you were you know more of a, a business owner in that standpoint um, but like it's crazy that uh, it was kind of the same skill set sets that were allowed you to um, see that success and you went from what like um, said you're at a point where you're making 300k per year that's awesome <laughs> And so like, yeah, Mary Kay. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's incredible. Um, and then, you know, after that, you know, you came back, um, to, to the, you know, passion that actually drove you and, and where you actually enjoyed being. And, um, you know, that's awesome that you're, you're still, you know, sticking with it, but also trying to, um, you know, get, uh, create your own, you know, um, source for you where you can start sharing your knowledge and what you've absorbed and what you've accomplished with others. Yeah, and the, I do have a lot of knowledge. I have a lot of information I can share. I just, on YouTube, my struggle right now is trying to find a way to make it fun. Yeah, <laughs> trying to that's find true. a way to like, get the attention because there's mm -hmm. a lot of people doing the same type of thing. Yeah. So I just have to figure out how to make mine different. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So, and that, that's what we were talking about, you know, at the beginning of this, like how important it is to just, you know, do something that, you know, makes you different and stands out because everyone's different, you know, no one's the same, you know, no matter what, you know, product they're selling or what they're teaching or, you know, what service they provide. I mean, uh, everyone here uh, has, you know, something that differentiates them. And if you, once, you, once you find out what that is that people connect with is what's going to, you know, allow you to make as much as you where want. I'm at, where I'm at right now figuring that out is, um, I, you know, my, my YouTube channel is called of a certain age, you know, so I'm trying to um, appeal to people my age and older. Mm -hmm. to let them see that they can, you know, all the fun, glitzy, glamoury stuff that you see coming out in stores and everything. Yeah. You can use that even, you know, you never have to say, oh, it's too shiny, it's too sparkly, it's too, you know, I mean, you yeah. are, it doesn't matter how old you are, you can be part of this. You know? mm -hmm. And um, so that's kind of my niche. I'm trying to figure out how to make that a little bit bigger. And it will happen, you know. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm talking to those people. Yeah. And how, how, is, how long have you been um, actually pursuing that right now? The, the book oh. and blog and the YouTube? Oh, the blog? I haven't done anything on the blog in quite a while, but um, mm -hmm. because I went to did the YouTube thing instead, and then okay. I started on the book instead, so I kind of let the blog kind of go away. My original thought was to do the blog and turn my blog into the book. Awesome. You know, but that, that, been doing I, that for how long? The blog? Uh, um, just all of it. All of it. Oh, five, four years, five years. Okay, so, so you've been doing it for quite some time. It's just like now, now you're really starting to, to really – hone in and, and get that message spread out is that not the, yeah but the youtube no the youtube i've only been doing for two months okay okay so, yeah that's new because you shifted gears it's still the same you know what you were trying to do it's just a different vehicle right yeah yeah, yeah. different, different okay yeah. awesome and so like um i know you talk about like you want to help people you know um 
what is it, empowering, um, you know, people to be, you know, the best that they can be, right? Yeah, to live the best lives that they can live, yeah. Yeah, and what, um, what makes you, catching <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what makes you want to provoke, you know, that message? Um, what does that really, you know, mean to you specifically? Very selfishly, it means that I am an accomplished person and I actually have something important to offer to people. Mm -hmm. You know, because the, the people want to know that from me. That, that's yeah. my selfish, that's what I get out of it. You know, because mm -hmm. everybody does things for a reason. You know? mm -hmm. I mean, if I, was, if, if I were independently wealthy and didn't need to work at all, I'd probably still do the YouTube thing because it's fun, but I wouldn't care yeah. so much about making it successful because it would just yeah. be hard. You know? mm -hmm. um, but, I, you know, I want, I want people to realize that they can change their lives right now. Because yeah. everybody's kind of waiting for something. Oh, if I had this, I would be this. Or if I had that, if I could do this, I could. Well, you could do it anyway. Yeah. You know, let's figure Good out how. <laughs> yeah, start now. What are you waiting for? Mm -hmm. You know, and you know what I'm finding, and this is really, I, I know a lot of coaches deal with this, where people are like, oh, I want this, I want that, I want this, and the coach sits down and says, here, okay, well, here's what you got to do. Here's your goal. Just call me at the end of the week or whatever. Next yep. session, we're going to go. And they don't do anything. Mm -hmm. you know, they don't do anything because they're just yeah. they think they want that, but they're not really motivated to do it. And I yeah. think. A huge percentage of our population is that person it says yeah. they want to do stuff okay. and never really seems to and I can't seem to pull it together you don't know? even take the first step forward sometimes right and uh, like, I mean no try but don't it's gonna sound horrible all right I'm gonna say okay I'll say it if you don't want it tell me you don't want it don't yeah. pretend you want it so uh, you know I get all involved and all you know invested in you and, and yeah. you know and then you don't want to do it you don't want to like get out of bed exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a therapist, you know, you know, <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. But, and that's um, the thing too. Like we, we've worked with so many different people too, like who we want to help, um, in, in life and business. And like, it really comes down to, you know, um, you know, people want the end result, but you know, you, you don't just get there overnight. Um, you really but, do the work to get there. Yeah. Right. And you have to start, you know, today and, and you have to yeah. continue it, you know, um, the more you set those goals and the more you work, the faster you'll get there. But if yeah. you do nothing, you're never going to get there. Uh, and it, that comes down to planning, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's yeah. one of the big things that I do is let's sit down and write out a plan. Yeah. Honestly, like just sitting down and writing a plan can change a lot of lives. Um, yeah, it just makes you feel good. Like you've started, you've like taken yeah. to action. But it's not the, the, you can't just make the plan and expect it to work, right? You have to, like, that's why um, we, like, stress so much importance, like, when we do, you know, um, plans for ourselves and, and with our clients, like, literally, like, you know, put this on, you know, your phone screen, put this, like, in a place where you'll see it all the time, so you'll do it every single day. Like, you have to realize, like, if I do this every day, I will accomplish my end result. Um, and if I don't you know, accomplish the exact end result, I'll get close to it, right? As long yeah. as I do these things. Um, and, you know, the only, you know, thing that's going to hold you back from getting there is if you don't do those things every day. So, like, you have to literally realize, you know, um, think about the positive. Like, if I do this every day, I will get my end result. But think about the negative, too. Like, if I do not do this, if I decide to, you know, skip today, take the day off, you know, sit on the couch with a, a bag of chips and, and just chill. Like, um, <laughs> Pepsi. Yeah, I mean, that means that I will not get this end result. And that means that, you know, I'm not only going to suffer, you know, uh, people around me are going to suffer, you know, my family's going to suffer. Like there's a lot, you know, um, that, that is affected by your ability to be able to um, be in tune with yourself and succeed. You know, you could have, everyone has the ability to, you know, help, 
a ton of other people, right? And like, if you're limiting yourself and not putting yourself in the position to do that, like you're doing yourself and, you know, probably thousands of people a disservice too. And so, um, that's what we have to offer. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so awesome that you, you discovered that and that you're focusing on that. Um, and so I, I admire you for, um, being so, you know, I mean a lot, especially at your age too, you know, it's awesome that you're, um, you know, wanting to continue to do more and more and more. Um, I think a lot of people my age would be like, okay, can I retire today? Yeah. <laughs> and I, that's not, yeah. That's that's, awesome. yeah. And I love that. Um, because like, that's what a lot of people are looking forward to in life is retiring. And like, I mean, <laughs> what, you retire and then you die. No, <laughs> it's true. You only live one life. Right. So, I mean, you might as well do the most uh, you can with it and, and try to, you know, help other people to, you know, live it the way that you, you've lived yours. And it sounds like you've lived a pretty awesome and interesting. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to see how things uh, continue to pan out for you with, uh, you know, the YouTube channel and the books that you're writing. You have to share it when uh, you, you get that book completed. You have an end date for sure. when it's going to be complete, the new one? No, but I need that. So to keep me working yeah, on it. Yeah. We could be accountability partners. We can there you go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so um, as we wrap up here, I know um, you're about to have to run here. Um, what, uh, what do you feel? has been, um, or could you share with us some of your biggest achievements that you've accomplished um, in the 40 years that you've been doing this? <laughs> uh, well, you know, a lot of people would say my kids, I never had any, so whatever, you know, that's, that's not me. Um, that my, my success level I was able to obtain when I was with Chanel. Mm -hmm. I'm very, very proud of that. I did really well there. You know? yeah. And I did things no one had done before, which, you know, yeah. just kind of makes me feel like a little bit of a groundbreaker. Yeah. You know? awesome. Good for my ego. You know? yeah. And um, also my success at Mary Kay was good. Mm -hmm. I think it was unusual. That yeah. Be that quick and that, you know, I mean, um, what's am I proud of? I just, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that I have this light bulb all over my head for several years now of how can I share this and how can I mm -hmm. give something so that other people can make their lives better. Right. Not that mm -hmm. my life's perfect because nobody's life is perfect, but <laughs> how can I share some of my stuff that is all my things that I've done so that other people can have better lives because of it. Yeah. What I'm do you think that. Turned that, what do you think turned that light bulb on for you? Oh, good question. I don't know. I kind of think it was always there. Mm -hmm. You know, I've always been the type of person, you know, I've always been nurturing, I've always been helpful, not nurturing, like enabling, but you know, I mean, I've always yeah. been that type of person, like, well, what do you want? We'll just do it. Yeah. <laughs> there shouldn't be anything that you say, oh, I want this or I want to do that. You should be working towards it. Absolutely. You know? And I've always been that person. So, mm -hmm. um, so that's, you know, I'm, I'm kind of proud that I was able to do that, but that I don't have a specific point in time. Maybe if I think about it for a while, I'll come up with one, but I think that's just kind of who I have been. Mm -hmm. And the journey for me has been um, educating myself and working myself towards a point where I actually am able to do that. Wow. I, I love that. I, I could definitely tell that your, your mindset is, is, is awesome. And so like, I, I'm, I'm excited to see more of what your, um, you know, have to share with people and how it's going to make an impact. Cause I already know, uh, I can tell, you know, just from talking to you today that, you know, you're definitely, um, you know, you've got that mindset that's going to make a difference and it's just about, you know, how long is it going to take to get the, 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 yeah, I got to figure yeah. out the roadmap. Yeah, absolutely. So. That's awesome. Well, um, last thing, uh, before yes. we wrap things up, what would you, if you could give like one, uh, key point or key tip that uh, you feel could help a lot of people, um, kind of maybe, uh, 
geared towards like having that mindset, what do you, what do you think, um, what would be the most valuable thing you could tell people? In your world or in this individual's world, whether they work, whether they don't work, whether they're a housewife, whether they are a corporate person or, you know, a high level executive, get excited about something. Mm -hmm. Get excited about something that you're doing because when you're excited about something, you will become passionate about it and you'll see it. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. So awesome. So today we talked about a lot of different stuff. <laughs> I think we got yes, fun. <laughs> here. Hopefully, um, you know, I'll, I'll send this to you when we're done too. We can play it back. And I think um, there's a lot of gold nuggets in here that a lot of people could learn from. Um, you know, we talk about sales and passion and um, I mean, you know, doing things to uh, like how to serve people and, you know, having a, you know, service mindset. Um, Cause that's going to what allow you to be able to receive is your ability to give, um, right. with, you know, um, physically or, you know, mentally. Um, and, and like, we talked about a lot of different things and uh, I, I think uh, I'm super excited to, you know, hear more from you. Um, last thing here, where could people um, find your channel, your book? Um, where could people go find out more information from you? Um, for and I, what I would tell everybody to do is just email me. Yeah. <laughs> Ferrante.Donna. You know, just send me an email, Ferrante.Donna at Gmail. And, um, you're, you're gonna you'll be able to write that down somewhere yeah I'll drop it somewhere here yeah, yeah absolutely yeah and and um, we can just start a dialogue and figure out what that individual's interested in and I'll sort of like guide them to there you know but absolutely. search Donna Ferrante on YouTube and you'll see all my really badly done new <laughs> videos that I've done <laughs> the one I'm doing today is actually my best one yet so I'm excited about that but it's that's a, awesome later. Yeah. send it to me when it's done I'll take a look <laughs> yeah I will absolutely I sure will Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out, Donna. I really oh, appreciate it. Welcome.